You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But, uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But, uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, it's uh, Michael's here with Sin City Steve on the Vegas Devils podcasting and uh, Simon Street and DJ Impact are out this week because it is Father's Day weekend, so we hope they're enjoying their Father's Day. And uh, we have a guest panelist this week, our buddy from Parts Unknown right now, Ned <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's get into it. Steve, what do you got going this week for uh, our four-way stop? All right, man. So, uh MJF and Adam Cole went to a 30-minute time limit draw to kick off Dynamite. Uh, now, obviously, this was an eliminator match, meaning if Cole won, he'd get a title match against MJF. And obviously, they're not done with these two, but uh, this was a good match, told a great story, focused on MJF attacking Adam Cole's head. Um, this was Cole's first high-profile singles match since returning a few weeks ago on Dynamite. Um, there were some head drop spots that I kind of cringed at, to be honest with you. Um, but everything was done extremely well uh, with time expiring during the final pinfall when Adam Cole finally looked like as if he would be able to get the pinfall victory over MJF. So extremely well done there. And then also, Tony Storm is still your AEW Women's World Champion after defeating Sky Blue with a Cloverleaf submission in about seven minutes. Uh, it was absolutely the best sky blue match that I've ever seen. Um, and no, it really goes to show just how good Tony Storm is. And she brings everyone in that she's in the ring with and in segments with up a level. So that, that's just a testament to how great she is. Um, they are definitely building sky blue, which I am a fan of. And uh, yeah, they even had some, you know, antics on the outside with mama blue and getting sprayed with green spray paint. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, really, really interesting dynamic with these two. There you go. Uh, red, what, what you got there uh, this week? You know, I was impressed with the way the money in the banks coming together. Uh, I thought for uh, on raw, you know how they set up Rollins and Balor uh, we got Dominic and Cody now set. The men's Money in the Bank's all ready to roll. I like the lineup in that match, uh, just because nobody's has a has a champ, a former you know, nobody's yeah. world champion. You know, so there's some fresh blood in there. Uh, I like the thought of LA Knight maybe winning the whole damn thing. We'll see where they go with it. Uh, I'm not convinced that they're going to do that, but um, right. it's nice to see him in there for sure. And, you know, even the women's match is shaking out well. We got a couple matches coming up next week. I believe we got Raquel and Trish. And then I believe on next Friday we got Shotzi and Bailey. 
for the spot. So Bailey could possibly lose her spot. I kind of hope she doesn't, but um, I think it's better to have her in that match instead of having Shotzi replaced, but we'll see where they go with it. I'm, I'm, I'm liking where they're going with this pay-per-view, the hot crowd in London for sure. Looking forward to that. So the aesthetics there for sure. Yeah, it is kind of interesting too that, um, you know, there's all this talk about Wembley, right? And selling out Wembley. Okay, that's great. You're going to do that when you've never been there before and you have interests from your international wrestling fans. But they're running the O2 arena. So it's not like the WWE is running, you know, skips, ch chips and biscuits down the street, <laughs> you know. Right. So it, it is going to be an interesting atmosphere there, especially after what we saw in Puerto Rico and uh, wherever the hell they just were. Saudi, that's right. Oh, yeah. I forget, I forget now where the hell they're going. <laughs> they're the all the company. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the money in the bank stuff is shaping out to be good. Um, and uh, we're definitely seeing uh, what the bloodline story is now shaping up to be, which right. I think everyone felt like it was pointing that way. But it's also going to be interesting to see if there isn't more tension within the two teams themselves leading to possible four-way um and again long long-term storytelling it's so funny that uh you know people go well they don't they don't tell stories they don't you know do long term they don't have continuity they don't have this or that in their storytelling and then they start doing this bloodline thing and now oh, it's, yeah oh my god it's unbelievable man it's great uh, that last segment on SmackDown, holy shit. Good God. So good. So yeah. fucking good. And, and you could tell for once they didn't have to pump in crowd reaction. Right? <laughs> yeah, not at all. Man, the crowd yeah. was electric at that yeah. show. And I think that truly you did see that there was that sense that you didn't know what the actual path was going to be chosen. So um it just lines up to be uh to be really nice in terms of that storytelling and here we here we are going into uh what's just under two weeks now uh until the pay-per-view so uh sorry premium live event because oh, yeah. you pay to <laughs> do it you just have to subscribe to cock <laughs> Yeah, I wonder where they're going to go with it after Money in the Bank, like SummerSlam. Do we have Jimmy against Roman? Do we have Jay against Roman? A th a th I mean, where were, where are they going to go, you know? Could, That's, could you possibly do a four-way? You could. You very, very well could. Yeah, or or does it go longer to make the four-way at Mania? You know, it's, it's, right. it's interesting because of that. You just – you really don't know. And I think – it's funny because fans want it both ways, right? They want what they see as being the right answer. But then they also want clarity on what it's going to be. So it's like, you you know, you, you should show us what this is. But at the same time, if you show us what it is, we're not going to like what that is. We're going to want something else. And it's it's that's the trickiest thing i think in the internet era here of figuring out 
how you please the fans, but you also don't um, give it away so um, that it's not just it's not just feeding what the fans want all the time. So, oh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. All right, here we go to too sweet for the week. All right, Jed, what do you got for too sweet this week? Well, I hate to be a dead horse, but that bloodline segment was fucking money. Uh, Man, I was at the edge of my seat. Like you could tell something was gonna go down with Jay. He was him and Han back and forth, and then that super kick, man, boom! That was awesome, straight up. Uh, I got a couple other ones too. Uh, kind of to throw it back to Impact Wrestling from Thursday. Uh, I didn't expect this to happen, but I'm glad it did. Uh, Nick Aldis turned heel on Alex Shelley to set up their match at Slammiversary. I thought the dynamic's much better now. Um, They set it up nice in the beginning of the show where Aldis was talking about how Alex Shelley kind of mentored him back in the Magnus days of TNA when he came in, kind of green as grass, and Shelley kind of leaned on him a little bit. So they established that kind of relationship, and then at the end of the show, boom, there came the turn. So I thought that was uh, pretty well done by Impact Standards. Um, also, the Sting and Jericho segment on uh, Dynamite, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what in what form that's going to be. Is it going to be a one-on-one match? Are we doing Sammy and Jericho against Darby and Sting? Maybe we're going to get both. Where, when, I don't know, but I like it a lot. Yeah, some interesting stuff going on for sure, uh, especially, you know, Impact doesn't get all that love um, and um, – you know, all this is one of those guys who's only <laughs> isn't it funny that it's like he went to NWA, so he had a very, very small fan base that right. knew what he was doing. Now he's probably added about 500 more people. Yeah, it's like you kind of forget how good the guy is, and he's yeah, definitely one of the better guys in the last uh. 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And much uh, better as a heel, too, I think. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what do you got? All right, man. So the Young Bucks and Hangman Page had one hell of a main event match against the Blackpool Combat Club to close out Dynamite. Uh, the Elite won the match in about 11 minutes. Uh, but the story of the match was that it got off to a fast start and just did not let up until the end. Um, I do have to say... Of anyone on the Blackpool Combat Club squad, yes, of course it's going to be Yuta that it happens to, but poor Wheeler Yuta. The dude gets, he got pinned in the match, but he got hit with a triple powerbomb, BTE trigger, buckshot lariat. It, it, it was it was great, but the post-match was just as good, dare I say. Oh, no kidding. And that is another piece too, too sweet. Um, after the match, BCC beat down the elite. Then Eddie Kingston's music hit. He ran down to a monster pop and mega chance. Kingston cleaned house um, until Takeshita came down. Two absolutely thunderous boos. Holy shit. This guy yeah. is absolutely over as a yeah, mega heel. Who would have thought uh, just right? a couple of months ago that he would have this m- extreme character transfer? Um 
he cleaned house until Kenny Omega came out. I uh, had, you know, a mega pop for him. Omega took out Takeshita before being ambushed by Will fucking Osprey. Uh, Osprey looked like a million bucks. He hit the Stormbreaker and two hidden blades. The last one to the face of Omega, um, which was which was uh, a rare kind of an occurrence there. Uh, Osprey left Omega lying as Dynamite faded to black. He even had Brian Danielson step off of commentary to give Osprey a standing ovation. So right. pretty awesome stuff there. Too sweet all around. For sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about my experience with AEW in just a little bit. And it's oh, I'm sure to, you will. No, no. It, it's going to actually surprise you um, because, right. because of what this is. It's, it's totally you wouldn't expect this at all. Um, and, uh, you know, when I think of uh, Too Sweet, I've got to say this week what they're doing with NXT has got me um, very uh interested in the direction they're going um you know there's certain people that you you're going on the main roster why are they fucking there ali perfect example dana brooke perfect example so they have this brilliant idea bring them into nxt and holy shit it actually kind of works right yeah you know, man it's 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 surprising that and then you know okay defending the nx or the the raw champion world championship on on nxt okay you know you could you could argue the point of it which is like arguing why are they defending triple a's belt on AEW? okay that's the equivalent to be honest um belts are belts and it, you know it makes no sense but if you want to argue talent and having it established in your own company going talent versus talent that's a different thing personally bring braun breaker up to challenge him on raw makes more sense right. but the electricity of the announcement that seth is going to wrestle in that building was huge i think the fans are definitely winning down there especially these fans who've been going there for years um because you get a chance now to watch kind of how this thing is developing again this is like the third or fourth incarnation of what they've done with this brand and um it's interesting because you'd think at some point the brand was totally dead if you listen to you know the naysayers at every stop but what's really surprising is that it seems as if that idea of leveraging this show to then up that media deal is actually going to freaking pay off um apparently the media deal you know ended this week uh in terms of the contract negotiations so now that period is over they can freely start negotiating for the next year i think it's 2024 that it's actually up and um you know there's a lot of 
a lot of ideas out there of who's interested. Um, and that fabulous, interesting rumor that Disney would acquire it and put it on FX and put all, you know, WWE programming on FX, which would be yeah. very interesting. Um, and Hey, no one said it, but, uh, why couldn't you put SmackDown on ABC? Well, yeah, it's a Disney property. I never thought of that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cause everyone was talking to ESPN, but then there's talk that ESPN is going to fold into just ESPN plus and, you know, just have it on streaming. So, so if you, if you do acquire those, those, network, those rights, why not use one of your network program or network stations to, uh, you know, really just boost your ratings. <laughs> right. Let's face it. It's just, it's just free money. So yeah. if, you know, if Fox doesn't come through on a deal, well, see now, and that's the thing too, that's funny about it. What a <laughs> Fox, you know, is part of Disney, but not television, not that Fox television. Yeah. It's some, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. So what a way to kind of, for Disney to kind of stick it to Fox and like, all right, we couldn't have your TV because of, I think the FCC ordinance. You you can't. I believe it. so. Yeah. 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 So why not? Why not do that? It's going to be interesting to see what goes on. Okay. It's time for WTO. All right, Steve. Uh, what the fuck? All right. Can can anybody tell me, not just on the show, but anybody listening or watching, and this is a rhetorical question, obviously, but why should I give a flying fuck about Wardlow? <laughs> right. <laughs> At this point, I mean, he's been booked like absolute fucking dog shit. Um, Double or nothing, 2022. Not too far, not too far in the distant past, right? He was mega over. Mm -hmm. There were chants for him the entire match um, being at that show in 2022 when they were doing the video packages. We got the Wardlow Goldberg type chants all the way through the match. He was absolutely over. Mm -hmm. And then now his TNT title reign has been overshadowed by MJF doing, you know, um, his his title win was overshadowed by MJF doing his little uh you could call it a temper tantrum, you could call it whatever you wanted. Um, but fact is he's never recovered from that. Um, the guy desperately needs a gimmick change or something. And of all things, I was under this belief before collision happened. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Shit, as right, far right. As he's uh, concerned. Yep, yep. Um, because we're gonna talk about that later so stay tuned um elsewhere sting darby orange cassidy and keith lee versus the mogul affiliates this match was absolutely filled with random what the fuck type chaos <laughs> um i mean it certainly kept my attention um this match actually ends up in this segment for a couple of reasons the babyface team it, talk about hitting the randomizer from a character select screen I don't right. know how logically those four, I'm staying in Darby. Essentially it's father's son at this point. We've established right. that. Grant, grandfather. Comparing them <laughs> with Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee, 
<laughs> Speaking <What>? of grandfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got Grandpa Lee. You've got the guy that doesn't want to be a wrestler who is a very good wrestler. And then the father-son duo. Yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Um, I've officially given up on us ever getting an end to this Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee feud, by the way. It's just never going to happen. I know. What the fuck, man? That's so and weird. Can 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 this Mark Briscoe, Jeff Jarrett bullshit finally end? I, I know that you know some things are happening next week on Dynamite. Please, God, can we just get some finality? What the fuck? Yeah, that stuff with Aubrey was cringy, man. Uh, that that six person tag, ay 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 ay. Oh, but but <gasps> she would probably tell you that she looked phenomenal and she was fucking a star. And I bet no. you she's going to want more matches. I um, hope not. Yeah, well, just watch. Go back and watch her body language when she went to put on the the figure four at the end. It just it just shouted that we're going to see her more in the ring, and it fucking uh, no, thank you. Um, and and by the way, too, why the fuck is Briscoe's dad in a ring at all? Absolutely, no shit. Papa Briscoe does such not a weird, such yeah, a weird idea. Karen Jarrett makes just a little bit of sense because of the fact that she's been a valet for a long time. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. And maybe Kurt taught her the angle lock at some point or something, right? Um, but yeah, that just that thing was. Let's and then let's let's throw Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe in this fucking fiasco. It's like what what kind of payback is that? Or Mark, I'm sorry. Um, but what kind of you know respect is that for those two guys who are great uh, when you're just dealing with that stuff? Ah, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, what do you got, man? Uh, well, just to piggyback, I was going to talk a little bit about that that multi-man tag with Sting. There was a moment in that match where Sting, I think it was one of the the uh, Gates of Agony guys, they were interacting. Wow. I mean, it was like such a clusterfuck of a mess. I don't know what was going on. It was just a total disaster, at least in that part of the match. A um, few other things. Uh, rolling back to NXT, just a few like what the fucks. Dabakato and Axiom and Scripps. Boy, the dynamic was so weird in that match. You got the, the yeah. heel trying to fight off two baby faces. It just didn't work for me. I don't and think any faces win. Yeah, it was weird, man. I was like, was who's weird. benefiting here? You know, yeah. where, where's the end game on that? You know, I, I just didn't see the, the dynamic working at all with that. Also, what are they doing with Cora Jade? Um, I, I like the idea that they're pushing Thea Hale. I think that's a good move, but what are they doing with Cora Jade? She's just kind of like totally lost I, in transition you know- here. You know where this is leading, I think, um, because Thea's not going to get much of a push past the match, right? Right. So yep, yep. Stratton's going to end up winning. Eventually, what we're going to see is Stratton's going face. And yeah, I can see that. The number one bad guy. So I almost wonder if they're going to put Cora with Braun Breaker, like as a, That's you know, exactly what I was thinking. They should really they think about that. They should you know? and release yeah. the videotape. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Perfect way to promote. Yes. <laughs> I can get down with that. <laughs> All right. Um, 
So my what the fuck is for AEW, but not AEW itself. It's Cox Cable. What the fuck, Cox Cable? <laughs> you decide to have an area outage on Wednesday at like starting at like 6 p.m. ish, somewhere around there. Oh, man. And therefore, everything that was supposed to record during that time frame couldn't record because it it wasn't that the um, it wasn't that the television was out. It was that the DVR recordings were having the issues. Oh, wow. uh. so not knowing that, I could have watched live, but therefore, <laughs> you you all of a sudden go, wait a minute, what's going on? This didn't record. This didn't record. I mean, I have no idea who the last chefs chosen for MasterChef are now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and they were representing the South this week in this this uh, North versus South versus East versus West this season. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's frustrating to no end. And I think that brings up a bigger issue. And that is if you can conglomerate companies now if you can have all these companies where you couldn't have before merging and eating each other in the entertainment industry then guess what it's time for it's time for this exclusive cable shit to end yes yeah man for sure and cable is a dying thing anyway mm -hmm. so why not allow either full absorption by one cable company of all the other ones right and just have one big cable company because it's going to collapse anyway or just fucking allow people to you know have the choice between a cox a carter a, a, a charter a, you know a warner whatever because it's just it's just ridiculous and the problem is is that you have nowhere else to turn oh sure we can go to uh dish you know and get locked into three years right now for one price. But does anyone, you know, ever Great. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone who's ever had that. And, and it's it terrible. Anyway, I had direct TV and half of the time, the satellite thing would be fucking around because of weather and, you it, know, and yeah, shit that's like that, you know, it's true. And, um, luckily direct TV itself, uh, in, in LA was great because the weather was constant, right? Sure, sure. Except for a few times. But what happened was AT&T brought DirecTV. And mm -hmm. wouldn't you know it, that everything they did, yeah, everything they did price-wise, package-wise, that they could do for you as an independent company, all stopped. And yeah. the price just became, you know, extremely high. So that's it. All your choice now is to jump to either Dish TV or DirecTV and... Of course, you can, you know, just go to streaming, which is fine. But yeah, that's YouTube TV is where it's at for sure, man. YouTube TV, that's where I'm at too. Yeah, you can't know, go wrong with it. You know, that's the thing. And um, it, but one issue still, I have to say that I don't like is that I still got to get my internet through someone. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which rolls back to the cable companies typically. Yep. So, so yeah, it's a it's a vicious cycle, and sure. uh, 
unfortunately, that allowed me not to watch any AEW uh, Dynamite this week because, uh, you know, it's just the, you already have your time consumed and you put aside your time for a DVR of the show. And, uh, you know, I do it for Raw. I do it for SmackDown. I'm going to watch everything on DVR because I'm not going to sit through 50 hours of wrestling every week. Yeah, I agree with that. Don't blame you. Yep, yep. All right, here we go. Look at. All right, Red Jed, what are you going to look at? I'll just say it right now. I'm probably the biggest New Japan mark uh, around these neck of the woods. So um, I'm really looking forward to Forbidden Door. I'm not too. I like the first two matches, obviously, they announced. The Danielson Okada, the uh, matches, the world title matches, uh, eh, you know, I could go back and forth with it a little bit, but I'm really looking forward to see how the rest of this card shakes out this week. Uh, obviously, last night in Collision, they really didn't do anything to set anything up for Forbidden Door that I saw, so it's going to be Dynamite and Collision next week to finish off this card. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of big talents, Naito, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, John Moxley, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of guys that don't have a placement on this show yet. And from what I've read, pretty much the whole roster of New Japan is wide open to come in. So I'm expecting some big moves uh, on the uh, match placements this week with that pay-per-view. And if it's anything like last year, it ended up being one of my favorite pay-per-views i've ever been to period steve and i went to it last year and it was a fucking banger man i'll tell you the crowd was there the the atmosphere was there the in-ring was there so i'm really looking forward to it where where is it coming from this year toronto i believe okay yeah yeah so and they're doing collision i think the next the night before there as well of course they are because they haven't learned shit about shooting stuff pay-per-view before your pay-per-view do it the night after in the same town never before i just don't eh, whatever. it's a it's a different deal i know i remember when they had um in minneapolis when they had full gear and we had a had a dynamite and a rampage taping uh yeah it was a little bit different for sure you lose that crowd a little bit yeah, and we just, I mean, we got killed here in Vegas. They they got they got hammered, and, you know, and you want to complain about, well, uh, you're showing just a hard camera side, blah, 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 and it's like, that doesn't matter. That's just the internet. That's just the talk. The honest truth is go look at the fucking ticket numbers. 5,000 less tickets sold is a lot of tickets, and that just says you're just, you're starting to burn out your wear by doing that. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, they've upped their ticket prices, which has not helped yeah. at all either, I don't think. Exactly. So it's like a double whammy effect, you know? Yeah, well, cocaine has gone up this year. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve, what do you have to look out for? Obviously, uh, Jed, you mentioned Forbidden Door. Yeah, I. now I will say this. With the Jack Perry Sonata match, give it a chance. Give yeah. it a shot. Um, more so, dare I say, for the post match, give me that Jack Perry heel turn. Yes, that's Please. what I'm looking forward to. Have him get an appearance change, play up his father's Hollywood ties. Help, have him brought to the ring by Anna J. 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, they're a real life item. Why not put them together in storyline as well? It, right. Let's go one further. If they're spiraling Sammy Guevara out of the JAS, would it benefit Jack Perry, who's terrible on the mic, to be partnered up or at least a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society as part oh. of that new gimmick? There you go. There you go. I think I think that he could take a lot from Jericho and learn from Jericho. Um, so yeah, I would be looking forward to that. And then I I know that you know I'm I might be um, I'm not in the minority here. Uh, I had to take a look around at who else was on the panel with this, but you know I I am looking forward to that Sting and Jericho confrontation. I yeah. marked out. Me too. When they stood you know, across the ring from one another in, yeah. I did have to point out the, uh, the extremely high lift in Jericho's boots complete <laughs> with the, uh, the purple, um, you know, the jewel encrusted heels yeah. made me fucking laugh. Um, yeah. but just seeing Jericho and sting finally standing across the ring from one another, that was a markout moment for me, and I mm-hmm. am looking forward to their inevitable confrontation. Um, I mean, they're they're two justifiable Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. They've never met in the ring, which is crazy. I mean, I'm like, looking forward to that wow, you know, like, who'd have thought that it would take them this long to get there? But here they are. Yeah. At this, at the same time, Bruno San Martino and The Rock never faced each other. So, and I don't know if I would have <laughs> wanted to see that at the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the only thing. What is that match? Is it is it five minutes of nostalgia, or is it fifteen minutes of just can we just have it five minutes of nostalgia? You know what I'm saying? It, it's, <laughs> Let, let's split the fun. difference. Have ten minutes. Have have a, a five minutes of solid work and five minutes of shenanigans. I'm cool with that. that that's, that's, they they that's can it. add they can add different smoke and mirrors, different gimmicks to it. That's fine. Yeah, it's it, it just needs to be done. Yeah. It's the execution. That's the whole thing. Yeah, um, could do like a street fight type of scenario. Maybe protect Sting a little bit that way. I don't know. Well, and, pro- and protect Jericho too. And Jericho. For sure, why, yeah. You know why not? Chris is just at this point, just like you know, he's he's doing a lot more of that type of stuff too. So, um, yeah. I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these next two weeks of NXT and what they do with these, um, you know, pay per view style type shows they're doing for the next two weeks. Um, you're going to see some interesting stuff with the guys working in. Uh, we will see Baron Corbin go against. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, the champion. Yeah, uh, Carmelo. Yeah. Carmelo. yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's going to be interesting to see. One of the good things about this is that we get to see the testing ground of if those guys are ready to mix in with these veterans. You know, NXT mm-hmm. has been at that 2.0 branding, really a you know, guys going against each other who have maybe indie experience or very little, um, you know, national exposure and get it built up uh, through that and the, the 2.0 brand. So now to see them kind of mixing in some more mature talent, um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. So, yeah. all right, let's get a best in show. 
All right, Steve, best in show. AEW Dynamite. I know, I know it's deja vu, but <laughs> this this week's episode legitimately was one of the better episodes of Dynamite that they've done in quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. From beginning to end, uh, it was it was solid. Um, there was a little something for everyone on the show, which, quite frankly, is pro wrestling done right. Um, you can say what you will about this time of the year with AEW catering strictly to hardcore fans with Forbidden Door, uh, as we mentioned last week. Um, but the fact is, when you do a show that has something for everyone on it, it's a better show overall. And it will bring in those casual viewers, um, which, quite frankly, they need to figure out what they can do to bring in those viewers again. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Jeff? Uh, same, man. Uh, I have to say this week's Dynamite, for the front end and the back end of that show, the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes of Dynamite was just like one of the best start and end points to the show I think I've seen in a long time. Uh, AEW usually hangs their hats on having a kind of a hot opener and a pretty good main event. You're always kind of almost guaranteed that. And this took it to a whole new level, I thought, with uh, the first part and the last part of the show. Middle, the middle end of everything, that hour in between, was ex- very excellent as well. There was some definite strong points. We talked a little bit about that multi-man tag. There was a little bit of issue with that. But otherwise, I really didn't see much lull in the show generally. But yeah, that 30-minute that match to start out was hot. And then a really, a really fierce uh, main event. And then there was wild run-ins at the end. Just boom, 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 boom. Made my head spin a little bit, but it was a good head spin. So I, I was all for dynamite this week. It's nice to have your head spin in a good way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. uh, you know, I'll have to say that SmackDown, I'm going to give it a SmackDown for just that final segment. Yeah. Um, you had a, you had a weak build of what is, what is Jay going to do? And usually that ends up being a total letdown. Yep. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they pulled the trigger and gave you an answer. Yeah, man. It's like um, two and a half years in the making there. I mean, that was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going into London with that is going to be, you know, something that is very you know it's it's one of those important markers in storytelling because like we all said not a single one of us knows where this is going yeah which makes it actually good yeah and for those people who are just like well roman doesn't need a title or he doesn't show up on tv or blah 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 here's the thing when you grew up as a wrestling fan in the eighties, the whole idea was you never saw Hulk Hogan on free TV. You saw him on a Saturday night's main event, which was a big deal. And then you saw him on the pay-per-view and there were only one pay-per-views <laughs> for the first couple of years. One. Right, right, right. So you had to go to see him if he came to your town once or twice a year. It, it was different. It was a different way. And that anticipation, um, I think that 
we're, we got so conditioned by Bischoff into just this crash booking shit of, you know, anything can happen. And, oh, my God, we, we, you got to see this and blah, blah, blah. And look, the finish. The, well, there is no finish because there's 90 people in the ring. And blah, everything WCW he did that made the WWE then had to change their shit to counteract that it made wrestling more elevated, more high profile and worked perfect for that time period. But it also left us in a real stagnant hole of people for years saying, Oh, well, it's the same shit. They do the same shit. They do the same shit. And that now in turn led to the animosity between AEW and WWE fans, right? The ones who are strictly just, Fans of either or the tribalists, yeah. Yep, yep, tribalists. Yep. So it's like that's the whole thing. It's like, hey man, there is room for this kind of thing, and you can see it in this kind of storytelling. Yeah, you might be sick that the guy has the title, but the guy couldn't walk onto a screen with the damn patch that says thousand days without this type of storytelling. And it's something you're not used to. And it's something no one had the balls to do this long. And even look, I mean, even though Jade took her time off, and that's why, you know, they gave her the loss, you couldn't go 60 matches without giving her a loss. So to have someone as a champion for a thousand days, and look, Beyonce, uh, Bianca Belair, right? Yeah, she had a good run. Long fucking run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like half of, <laughs> under half of what Roman. Oh did. shit! Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's great to see that sometimes, you know, just taking that time, and you are literally building Solo Sokoa to become a fucking superstar. And the Usos have never been better. And now you have value in each of them. Mm -hmm. So did you accomplish something? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. And it's it's wonderful to see that kind of thing being done instead of having, you know, that that well, it's John Cena, he's just gonna win. Well, it's Triple H, he's just gonna win. I'm tired of him having the belt, blah blah blah. Yeah, we saw that for you know. 15 years now that is kind of out of the way and you have to open your mind that yeah you're sick of seeing him have the belt isn't that the point in the chase right yeah right. yeah you're just used to seeing that that and i'll nail it down to one point in wrestling history that i still am so i think this ruined wrestling is lex luger beating hulk hogan for the title in wcw on Nitro for no fucking reason. Yeah, it was out of the blue, wasn't it? Because then they had the match like the next week yeah, at uh, Hog Wild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. got the belt back within, you know, 10 yeah. days yeah. or whatever. The yeah, there was no point to it. Right. Right. And it was just because it was, it was that pull the ratings pull because, oh my God, anything can happen. This guy can win the belt. And it's like, mm -hmm. That kind of shit is what changed that whole aspect of how you, you know, that whole, oh, my God, we could see a title change. We could see a title change. And and maybe this guy has a chance. And it's like, why don't we go back to that kind of step off? You know, that's the whole thing. 
That's why I didn't like the MGF versus all three of those guys. Why? Because you had three fucking feuds you just burned in one fucking, I just beat them all. Why Absolutely. not? Mm-hmm. Not that's that's nine months of programming right there. That's that's three different programs you could have had. So, but that that's going to be it there. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Red Jed, you got yeah. a little bit of a following. Where can people find you, man? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube. I'm Red Jed's Wrestling Rants. So I do or try to do a daily rant every day of the week. I have themed rants. So uh, one, for instance, every Friday I do uh, one called Versus, which is like a head-to-head look at Impact against Ring of Honor, where I kind of compare their quarter hours against each other and kind of determine who wins every week. So come on in, check it out, Wrestling Rants, baby. There you go. All right. Uh, if you are tuning in, uh, we are recorded, but we are going to be uh, starting three count here on the stream uh, pretty uh, shortly. So you can check that out. Uh, you know, still getting out that live stream tonight. So uh, definitely thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on the podcast, on your favorite podcast app, uh, make sure you tune in to three count as well. And uh, as DJ Impact would say, happy wrestling, everybody. Vegas bad boys of podcasting.